Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Reasons to be Joyful. This week, I'm thrilled to be joined by a fabulous singer, songwriter and actor and all-round showman who shot to fame in the early noughties as the co-lead singer of the Scissor Sisters and has since appeared on Broadway and in the West End and co-written the musical. I am, of course, talking about Jake Shears. Jake is so lovely, full of joie de vivre and is passionate about the arts. We talked about his early life, running off to New York, his amazing career and his new role in London's West End. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think I've ever been more excited about somebody going into cabaret than you. Jake Jean, oh my Oh my God, gosh. hi. Oh, how hi. excited are you? I'm at... It just feels like a strange dream. I mean, I, I just, it's, it's something I've always wanted to do. I feel like the production uh, itself is so amazing. I'm just, and I can't wait to just get into a show. I love being in a show, whether I'm making it or whether I'm acting in it. Uh, I just love being in that focused bubble with a family and, you know, working hard. It's my favorite spot to be. Oh, but you got, but the casting is so clever. So the Kit Kat Club here in London is they've taken over the theatre. It's tr you suddenly transported to Berlin, and the way they do it is incredible. But you, as the MC, that fit is perfect. I hope so. I mean, I've got to really work on my German accent. <laughs> You'll be fine. There's a lot of work to do. You know, it's like I'm not a. Uh, I'm not a great actor. I wasn't a great actor. And I've really, over the years, the stuff that I've done, I've really worked on it. And like, I uh, I did Kinky Boots on Broadway for a while. Exactly. And, hello. Hello. And, You've done Kinky Boots on Broadway. Yeah. And, it, and I, I really did learn so much from it. But I knew going in that I had to really, really, really work. And uh, I don't think this is going to be any different. You know, I don't think it's going to be a, a cakewalk. I think I'm going to really have to... Uh, buckle up and get, you know, get my hands dirty. But I'm excited about that, you know? And the, the amazing thing about doing a show like that eight shows a week is it's almost like a video game. A video game? I've almost, never heard anyone say that. It's almost like a video game where you've got the level, the show is the, each act is like a level in a game, right? And you do it over and over and over and try to score 
the you know the do the best you can and score the highest points and at the end of the act at the end of the show the entire thing resets and you get to do it all over again sometimes in the same day yeah so it's like playing a game and you try things slightly differently and and it's you'll you're never going to get it perfect but that's good in but, a way because anyone that goes okay tonight was perfect then where have you got to go where have you got to that? go you're never going to get it perfect but you're always going to be able to change it a little bit and it, it's just a really exciting way to work and i'm really really looking forward to it i cannot wait i will be i will be there i will be cheering you on uh, so self esteem is going to be sally Bowles. Yes, who I love. And we've gotten to know each other a bit and uh, sort of have been hanging out. And and I just think she's such an incredible person, so much fun to hang out with, so funny, so smart. And not only that, I'm just excited to get to meet more people and see who's in this cast and get you become a family over a long period of time. Yeah. So that's kind of the most... One of the most exciting things about it. But also you you love an audience. And I mean that in a in a lovely way. You you're a performer. That's what you are at heart, aren't you? And so the live audience doing the dance I mean, because you did dancing for years as well. Dancing and the singing and the entertaining and the performing. Put it all together with the live audience. That's just Yeah, and with a structure, with such an incredible yeah. structure and such great songs underneath it. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's just it's basically doing it's it's getting to do that, but in a whole new format with a whole new story. You know, it's just yeah. and it's and what a great story it is, and what great music Kander and oh. Ev wrote, and also that the the tunes have always you know those Kander and Ebb songs from Chicago from Cabaret. I mean, those have always informed everything I've made from scissor sisters onward it's always been in my music you know i've pulled so much from that canon that it's feels really good to be stepping actually into it oh well congratulations thank you thank, break thank legs you. <laughs> have uh, have an amazing ride um it's it's interesting though for for i i even before i knew that you know i read about that you'd done shows as well because uh, obviously you did it in the states on broadway that that I to me you're a performer. It's not just that you're you fronted bands and you're a solo artist and you write and you're a performer. Do you mind some do you, is that okay with you? Does that sit okay with you? I think that's first and foremost what what I am. I think that the music that I make and the sort of things I do around it and the songwriting has always kind of been a means to get on stage and a means to to perform, even though songwriting is one of my favorite, and cutting records is my favorite thing on the planet, yet I always did those things so I could get on stage. So you were like that as a child as well. I mean, re reading you know your book and reading about your childhood, in if we may, just going to go back to the San Juan Islands. Yeah, I filmed there years ago, whale watching. Really. And I went to Friday Harbor. My hometown, yeah. And when I read that you were from there, it blew my mind because every time I say to somebody, one of the most extraordinary places I've ever been was the Friday Harbor of San Juan Islands. Yeah. And you really, you're from there. Yes. Probably when I was filming, you were at school there. Could have been. Could oh, have my been. word. Yeah, I, uh, we lived on the water. My family, we were there for a long time. We moved there when I was probably about six. 
And it was just an amazing place. And this is, we moved there in the mid 80s and it was a very sort of different place then than it is now. But this is, we're talking an island that's uh, in the Pacific Northwest that is about five miles across from British Columbia, from Vancouver Island. So it's sort of the farthest you can get almost to Canada if you're in Washington state up there. And it's a beautiful spot. It's the nature is whales. You've got exquisite. whales. Is whales oh. in front of our house three times a day in the spring, summer? You know, it was a, you know, childhood I'll kind of never get, forget. But it also was a very small place to yes. grow up. And for someone like me, uh, it was, it was tough yeah. in a way because yeah, I just, I needed more. How did, uh, so, how did you know you needed more? I know coming out, and I know the whole story, and and you know, in you've spoken about it so many times. But coming out as a a young teenager and the advice you were given and parents' reaction, how did you know in the San Juan Islands because it is it is like something out of a movie. It's sort of unreal as a place and a tiny little town, tiny, tiny, tiny. I remember people walking up and down and they were buying boxes of Budweiser and everybody would stop along the way and they'd hand them out to the people because they all knew each other. It's mm. a strange <laughs> memory I have of that place. Um, but how did you know that what you had inside you was this performer? I think it was just culture that I was looking for. I mean, we had, there was a satellite dish that kind of half worked. There was one channel that we got from Vancouver. Uh, so there, I, I didn't have much access to TV, really. Um, Music? There was, they sold CDs at the gas station in town. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was like a drugstore where they sold some CDs. So I was listening to music, but I'll tell you, the first thing that really got my attention, and it still is something that's a massive passion of mine, is film. And you had to really go off island to see movies. We had a little movie house that would run uh, one or two movies a month, you know. They would sometimes change weekly. But I had a friend's mom that would take us off island to go see, just to go see movies. And that, just getting a taste of that, like stepping into movie theaters and multiplexes and like knowing that there was like so much out there was really inspiring to me. And I just became like a little sort of film nut first and foremost, even that. before I kind of was getting into, into music. But it was culture that I, I wanted and that I needed. And... There was just enough there on the island. I mean, we did have a community theater. We had our little movie theater and, you know, our little movie rental spots and whatnot. But it was those things that, like, sustained me as small as they were. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I completely get that. And you d it's so interesting that you hear from a lot of performers, whether whatever uh, part of the arts they're in, that film did that to them. And I... I I think film is very important for young people as well, to see film, to see art. There's a very good book, I know about all of that as well. Um, but, but, but for young people to see what else is out there and to open their mind, and it's the same as reading. I love reading I'm, books. Yeah, I'm a, and that's what I also, that was the, the other link that I sort of had to the outside world was just books. And I had them always with me wherever I went and was just a massive... A massive reader, and it's stumbling on those things accidentally that you find that really change your life. It's those, you know, strange, you know, accidentally like catching Barton Fink by Coen Brothers, like when I was, you know, 12 years old, that like just blew my mind. It's those things that you sort of accidentally stumble upon 
that uh, stick with you. And then I have this this theory that like all those things growing up that affected you in your development and all those things that you're fascinated by from the time that you're three till you're 16, as a creative person, I feel like you're constantly going back to all of that stuff and trying to repurpose it and recreate it in various ways. And oh, that's I, interesting. The case for me, and I think for a lot of other people, I think those things and those years are so important for what it is that you've taken in. And I just think you keep going back to that well, and there's no way around it. And I think that's, I don't know, that's just how I've always felt about it. That's so interesting. You did, but then you went off and you did to to try and break in and you were dancing. And it, I, I love the sort of the stories of you dancing and I think somebody put it as go-go dancing and all yeah. of that all of that. ran off to New York Just... I ran off to New York when I was 20 you know I uh I I knew I'd tried out Los Angeles for a year of college it wasn't wasn't right for me I had been out since I was 15 years mm. old and like so it was it was strange at that time in the 90s it was like there weren't a lot of other really young people my age that were out in that LA sort of adjusted mean? anywhere really um, a lot of times I would meet other gay teenagers, but they would just be having a lot more problems than I was right, necessarily okay. or going through a lot more. Mm. Or, you know, I was just really lucky that somehow I was able to sort of – I was pretty well adjusted. By the time I was 18 years old, I was like fine with it. I was ready to – Ready to you know take on the world, but other gay eighteen year olds my age weren't necessarily in that same spot, so that was difficult. But when I moved to New York, when I got to New York when I was twenty, uh, the world really just opened up in a in an even bigger way, and it was just a magical time. Like the possibilities seemed endless. Just being in New York and being sort of lost there in a way and not knowing what it was I was going to be doing. Lost in an exciting way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You could just end up anywhere on any random night and meet any cool person that could sort of take you. I was just so open to wherever things were going to take me. And it was it was a very exciting time. Uh, um, One of my favorite TV shows of recent years was Pose, and I have this picture of you. um, you I just I I love love that show Mm. and Billy Porter and all of that. But I sort of picture and and I know it's many years earlier than that, but Studio Fifty Four, and I imagine a sort of amalgamation of those worlds. That that was the nineties in New York in a way. Well, so funny because by, by the time I showed up there. Showed up in 99 in New York. Past all of those years. Everybody was telling me it was dead. No! I got to New York and everybody was telling me that, you know, too bad you weren't here a few years ago because the city's really just nothing like it used to be. It's over. It's done. Giuliani had come in. He'd cleaned up Times Square. And I've always just thought that was really interesting to realize that everyone was so wrong. And actually, there was a whole other there was a whole wave of New happening. York that was that was about that was happening and about to happen in a really big way. And I always feel like I, I'm always suspicious when people say that kind of thing. I always think in my head, and at the time, I would get a real chip on my shoulder and be like, "Well, what are you doing about it?" That's so interesting. I like, feel like that about TV because the people always say. 
it's not like the golden age. No, now can be the golden age. It just changes and evolves and grows. Yeah, you just have to, you've got to do something. Like, if you're not doing anything and you're sitting there, you know, I complaining about it. You. So what did you do to, to make that world for you? You said it was exciting and, uh, and, and magical. Anything. I was just getting up. I was going to to these weird open mic nights. I got pulled in by a bunch of kids in the experimental theater wing at NYU and started getting put in their plays. So I was doing these plays at Tisch at NYU that I wasn't even going to NYU, but I was still how did like, that, in these. So how did that happen? It just did. Like I just met this person who introduced me to this person. Next thing I know, I was like in this whole gang of like of you know improv students and like in these plays and I didn't that I was just doing it and having a good time and, oh my god that's amazing but it was it's interesting because it's just like this leads to that leads to that that got me sort of comfortable like improvising sort of just being wacky with these with these kids and you know just finding any just anything to do throwing parties and the way you are, I could look in your eyes. You suddenly had a memory of part, throwing part. Ah, you suddenly went there for a second. Totally. <laughs> um, and 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 then just then sort of accidentally kind of writing songs with my friends, and then being like, oh, maybe let's go sing this somewhere. Wouldn't that be funny? It's it a really, really silly song. Accidental, really. Is anything an accident? Accidentally meaning we were just doing it to be goofy. The first song that Baby Daddy from Scissors and I ever wrote was called Bicycle of the Devil. And it was it was a ridiculous song. It uh yeah, is not anything I would sing now. I think it'd probably <laughs> offend a lot of people. Um but it made us laugh. Like we thought it was hilarious. So we just thought it would be really funny to like get up on a on a little stage and and sing it and make people smile and that's so that yeah, accidentally and then we just kept sort of doing that. We kept making more songs that were making us laugh. And then suddenly there were ideas for better songs that were sort of more rooted in um, emotion and sort yeah. of rooted in life. And next thing you know, like we had a we had a band and we became Scissor Sisters. So that 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 transition. I mean, because also you talk about um, you know some very down times that you've had. Mm. But but yeah, I when you talk about the past and the present and the future because we know about cabaret as well now and I'm sure there'll be more out more more and more from you that that your eyes light up that you get excited by life so even when you've been really really down I still get the feeling that you were excited by life I can be completely wrong no you're 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 right I do get uh it's people say that to me sometimes when I'm talking about something that I you know, that I'm working on sometimes or that I care about or that I'm excited about. Like, I do get excited by... Love it. ...talking about things and thinking about them. And um, even when I am down, I mean, God, like this, I got to say, like, this this last month has been one of the hardest months of my life. Really? It's just been... Oh, I'm sorry. It's been so tough um, and just 
flat. Like sometimes I'll sit there and be like, I am feeling as flat as I possibly could. Uh, but, you know, even then, I just have to remember that it's just not always going to feel like that. I'm not going to. It's not going to be that forever. And you can do that for yourself, even in those flattest do times. Do my best. And even like uh, earlier, I was, you know, just just talking a few minutes ago about, about, you know, I've been so cranky. I think that flatness has made me cranky. And I can, I, I find myself complaining about things and grousing about things and calling up my friends and grousing about but this isn't or that, that normal? or something. Not necessarily for me. No, and but so, I mean, just mean for people, for, for life. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Life yeah. throws crap I think it's at just you. important to sit there and, and, yeah. and recognize that it's happening. Good for you. But that is And be very like, powerful. I'm grousing. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. being cranky. And just to look at it and, and realize, oh, that's, that's something I, I, can sh- I can shift again. And it's time to maybe think about that and shift out of that. Um, so I don't know. I yeah, I do. I'm very passionate. I get very excited. Uh, I'm just a passionate person. But that I love. <laughs> that, I mean, but that comes out in your music as well, and, and yeah, the way you perform your music. And, and my my favorite thing though is like when I, I made this I made this musical this last year with uh, with Rupert Gould and James Graham, uh, Elton John, Tammy Faye, uh, Tammy Faye Baker, and yeah. and you know when we are in the heat of it. When we are brainstorming and arguing our points and stuff, that's my favorite. When like I will get so, I will get so excited, passionate. (laughs) I will grab shit and throw it across the room. You know, I will throw (laughs) notebooks, but I'm laughing while I'm doing this. But like I just get too overcome with, uh, yeah, just that sort of intensity. That I mean, well, let's you've mentioned it, so let's talk about time (laughs) debate because. and I've interviewed you before, and when you talked about it, it, I can just see how excited that makes you as well. I'm gonna. I know I've used the word excited. I'm gonna keep using it. I like <laughs> the word. I think excited is good. Yeah. Um. Uh, but and and hopefully there's gonna. Is that going on? Are we going yeah. to see it? Oh, we yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can talk it's, about it's, it. I, well, I mean, I can say that it's 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 going to have a life. I can't good. give any any details. Right. Okay. On it, but, but uh, it is gonna. Happen. Yeah, it's it's uh, overwhelming to think about, but yeah, it's got it's definitely gonna have. It's so strange with musicals, you know. Um, they can go any which way. But hold on, is you, it? Rupert, and sorry, it's Elton. You, you know, you it's got quite a good background of people to you know. Yeah, you knock on wood. I mean, it's I love the show so much, but it's it's musicals are just such they're long term projects. They but take... that's what I mean. You you guys are not exactly non workers. You're not not hard workers. You know what you're doing. You're focused and you're you you you're passionate about it. So putting you guys together, it's an, I can't imagine it not working. Also, that every single person that saw that show said it was one of the greatest things they'd ever seen. <laughs> So that's why I'm delighted that it's going. It's I'm stoked. On. I'm stoked to to keep seeing. It. I mean, it would be my dream to have a show in the the you know in the canon and the sort of musical theater canon would be awesome. I mean, there's songs that I just I, I, I fantasize about like you know those NYU theater students <laughs> singing some of these for their auditions, you know, in, into whatever. Like I, Oh, I, that's such a lovely thought. I think about the, those things like when, like, will, will the 19-year-old Tish student sing this when 
you know, when they're auditioning for this other piece or whatever. Like, is that what this song will be? And I sort of fantasize about those things. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What was your audition song? I don't think I've ever had one. You've never had to audition. My life has been my audition song. So when you go to the musicals, you do, you just sing the song from the musicals. I, yeah, well, I never, I, I guess I've never, um, I'm kind of thinking <gasps> back. I've never really. Never you had know, to do an audition song. No, because I've never really sought out to be in the, theater's always sort of fallen in, in my lap, even though it's been like a passion of mine. It's, it's not, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've never like. I'm trying to think. I've done TV auditions and stuff to go on to shows, you know, but I've never gone into like a and sung a song for an audition. I I can't believe you never had an audition song. You don't need one, of course, because you're you're you. Even those days. So (laughs) I love that you're thinking of the actors who are coming up and that they're gonna use your songs. That I find what a wonderful way to look at it. That's so inclusive. You just hope, you know, you fantasize about what this is going to, where stuff can go. Like, what is going to be the diaspora of this, of this work, you know? And you just, I try to like think of those things and have, you know, visions for them. If I'm writing songs, I, I, you know, you have fantasies about where they might go or where someone might hear it or. Do you, do you feel like that about, so the, the album that's out now and is fantastic and you're. Playlisted on Radio Two again, which is amazing. With uh, Last Man Dancing, it's been but, great. Uh, did you when when you're writing those songs? Do you look at them in the same way that people who were go the people who are going to listen to it and sing along to it and dance to it? I get excited about thinking about people hearing them. Um, I think it's it's funny with with back in the Scissors days, right? If I thought too hard about the audience itself, it could sort of make you freeze why then but not as of you as a performer why would that make you freeze i guess because the pressure was so high back in sister okay. sister's days okay. right you know i don't have that kind of pressure anymore i mean it's it was just those were just different 
days when we were, you know, pushing CDs and, you know, yeah. 20 years ago. It's and there's others there. So it's not just you. It's you've got to make sure everyone's OK. A, yeah. And it's, it's a little bit it's a lot less pressure now, which I, I like. And when I'm making when I'm making songs, I get very excited to play them for my friends and to play them at parties. But I also love making stuff that just gets me super excited that I love listening to. Good. And this album, you know, I just played it to death because I'm, <laughs> you know, I was always doing tiny tweaks on it. The sound design of it, I'm really proud of. Like it just sounds, it's like a sort of an a, a audio journey. There's so much detail in it that I'm really proud of. But it's funny when you put a record out, when I put a record out, you say goodbye to ever listening to it again. I'll never listen to this record again. And it's really, but yeah. even when you have to perform it, you sing it, but you, you sing the live version. It. But I'll never really. Every five How to ten incredible. years, I will put it back on and listen to something from front to back. And it's really weird. It's like remembering a dream or something. But it's kind of one of the sad things about putting out a a record or a piece like this is that when you hand it over, it's just like you know, it's not really yours anymore. And yeah, I just never, I'll, I'll never listen to it again. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. I suppose a lot of people would do the same because is it, is, it, is it also a case of, oh, I've done that now. That's done. Is it, do you, do you, are you, do you is it a closing off or is it a moving on? I think you're just giving it away and it's just not okay. yours and it's just not you anymore. Like for, oh, when you're working on something like that, whether even it's a musical, I remember when Tammy Faye was just getting ready to open, whatever, it just feels like such a part of your identity. It's yours, you're hanging on to it. It's like it 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 really is something it is part of like who you are. And then you you sort of You have to let go. Let it go. Yeah. It's really depressing. I mean, God, the day after Tammy opened, I was just inconsolable. I wouldn't get off the couch. Oh, it was really? just so yes. Well, it's so. that come down from the excitement. Definitely, as well. yeah. And and that wasn't so bad with this album. I didn't get that. I didn't get it so bad with Last Man Dancing. Um, I didn't have time to. I was just like nonstop and going really hard. Yeah. So with everything that you do, um, you I, I I hope you're never going to pigeon yourself, pigeonhole yourself ever, because there's so much that you can do now. I mean, it's sort of, it's, you can touch everything and and it, they're all possible. And I get the feeling that I hope th that you're not quite sure that, but I hope you know it. Does that make I, sense? I, yeah. And it, it's, it's, I, I have so many dreams and, and, and fantasies always going on in my head at one time that, yeah, I feel like I, I, I just want to do as much as possible. I want to like, I just want to get to the end of my life. You know, my dad... Turns ninety five this year. Um, it's it's his my mom's fiftieth anniversary this summer, and I look at my father, and he was born in nineteen twenty eight, and has just had the most incredible life where he taught himself how to do whatever he wanted to teach himself, whether it was flying planes, plane engineering, whether it was racing horses doing race cars, uh, learning how to sew leather. He just, he, and he taught himself how to do all of it. He didn't, he never. He taught himself to, how to fly a plane. Yes. 
Yeah, when he was uh, 16, 17 years old. As you do. Um, yeah, he w- well, what he was doing was he was working at the Palm Springs Airstrip when he was a teenager, and he would get $15 a week plus, I think, an hour of flying lessons at the end of that week. So by the time he was 17, he had his pilot's license. But he's just had this extraordinary life and is now 95 years old and can just look back and, you know, thinking about all the things that he's done, uh, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing. And I look up to him as sort of that's that's what I want to be is 95 and, you know, just looking back at all of the things and, and knowing that I did everything that I wanted to do. Jake, I cannot for one second think that that won't be your life knock on wood you never know you know life you never know what life is going to throw at you you know but even if even if even if a bus hit me today or whatever no I'd hopefully be, it doesn't be, hopefully it doesn't but i would be um you know i've got no regrets so far i'm so pleased oh you're wonderful <laughs> Just, I need to spend every day of my life with you. Oh. you that's it. My husband's out of the house. You're coming and moving in. My girls love I'm a fun too. hang on the sofa. You know, I am. I've got great taste in movies. Oh, um, and I'm you love da- Chorus Line, the musical. I love Chorus Line. Okay. And I, I am down. I'm one of those people that I am like, I will, I love just sitting on a couch for like 72 hours. I work so hard. And 72 I, hours. I will, I will just hang out. I just won't even want to go outside. Do you eat? Love, yeah. What are eat. you eating on this, you're hanging out for 72 hours? Uh, you know, try to stay, you know, try to be healthy-ish, <laughs> but maybe some like bad foods too. <laughs> uh, you know, but I do love totally being a couch potato. And I think it's all about balance. Life is about balance. I'm constantly thinking about balance, like in everything. I think that's, you know, that's the key. Jake, thank you. And and break a leg with uh, the MC. You're going to just be wonderful. I will be thank there you. cheering you on. Oh, thank you for having me, Abby. Isn't he fabulous? Oh, we love Jake. And I cannot wait to see him and self-esteem in cabaret at the Kit Kat Club, the Playhouse Theatre in London. Look out for our bonus show-and-tell episode with Jake, which will drop this Friday. And remember to subscribe and follow the podcast from wherever you listen. Thank you. I'll be back next week with another episode of Reasons to be Joyful, and I hope you can join me then. 